Is anyone else overwhelmed with that? I mean, that's exhausting to listen to all that. You know, James had asked this question right before this video of, of how many hours would you say a day that, that you interact with media? So this could be uh, social media, it could be TV, internet. And so I'm just going to give you what I found to be the 2019 averages for adults in America, so 18 plus in America. Are you ready for this? The Nielsen Company said, we have four and a half hours of TV, three hours on the smartphone, two hours radio, 39 minutes internet on a computer, 26 minutes gaming, adding it up to 11 hours a day. How do people even have time to sleep? 11 hours a day, are you kidding me? And here's what's so mind-boggling about this, is that we have 11 hours a day, you're connected, you're plugged in, you're interacting, you're contributing, you're receiving. And, and what people will say is this, I've heard, I've heard so many people say this, both in youth group and uh, adults and myself, I've even been guilty of saying it, to, to, to say this, that yeah, I'm plugged in, yeah, I'm connected, 11 hours a day, but guess what? None of it affects me. <laughs> Can you believe that people say that? They do. And here's what's so wild is that the entire marketing industry would disagree with that statement because, so tonight is the big game, and we all gather around for the most important thing to watch, which of course is the commercials. That's right, that's right. Because in my book, if it ain't the Cardinals, and if it ain't the Texans, then ah, who cares, right? But... Here's the deal, is that we all gather for the commercials, and for tonight, get this, for, for Fox, it's $5.6 million for a 30-second spot at the Super Bowl. $5.6 million for a 30-second spot, to the point where they said that they have now received $423 million in revenue just tonight for those four hours that they're broadcasting. So now let me ask you this question, because there's a lot of smart people in this industry, smarter than I, that's for sure. And they would say to themselves that, well, we can, media absolutely influences people to the point where they are putting now $5.6 million just to get 30 seconds to, for, and you may not even be watching, right? But 30 seconds they want to communicate something to you that they're willing to put $5.6 million on the line tonight. Now let me ask you this question. If media really doesn't affect you at all, then how in the world would these companies put this kind of money? The answer obviously is that it does. It absolutely affects you. found this other statistic saying that for every hour of media that you consume per week, so let's say you go from 10 hours to 11 hours, and if you go from that one extra hour, then get this, you will on average spend an extra $300 a year on stuff, all right, on things, probably things you don't need. And, and I know this because I'm guilty of this, so I'll be watching like the Food Network, and, and as they put the pan in the oven, all of a sudden, conveniently, the brand All Clad is like 
completely visible and in focus and there's good lighting on it. And, and I look at this and I say, oh, wow, all clad. That looks like a really cool pan. And then I go to Amazon and it's $700 for a single pan. And I say to myself, yeah, okay, okay, whatever. But here's the deal. That's how it works. So the product placement, obviously. And, and this is so true. Like I was even reading the other day that uh, Ariana Grande, she makes three and a half million dollars for every single time that she posts on Instagram. Isn't that crazy? Because it's all in advertisement. So if she's wearing a certain glasses, holding a certain purse or whatever. And, and so, so she's actually receiving three and a half million dollars every time she posts. If I were her, I'd post every minute of the day. Are you kidding me? Oh, you want to go out to dinner? Okay, hold on. Let's, uh, oh, just made three and a half million dollars. Dinner's on me, guys. But isn't that wild that, that this is how this world works? And it's not just a, a psychological thing, which is what advertisement is, advertisement psychology, but, but this is also a spiritual matter. Even to the point where where Jesus actually said this, and he said this on the Sermon on the Mount, which, which for a lot of people categorize that as very central of Jesus' teachings. And he says this, he says, your eye is a lamp to your body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your body will be full of darkness. See, Jesus' concern is for your eyes. It is a lamp to your body. It is a gateway. It is a passage and if it is full of darkness, or full of, sorry, if it is good, then your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are bad, your body will be full of darkness. And so this is deeply a spiritual matter, which is why we're talking about it this morning. Now, if we look at this, we have this. We have a few different ways that media influences us. And so it's on, your, it's on the screen here, but also in your notes. Take notes on this, guys, because this is some pretty wild stuff here. Uh, how media influences, the first way is that it shapes our values. See, media is not just a way to get you to buy Pepsi instead of Coca-Cola or something. Media is a way in which people have figured out that they can change culture. And how it starts is that if they can get you to change an idea about something or to change your behavior in some way, and then if they can do that on a mass scale to a whole bunch of people, then they're able to change culture. And so one of the things that we actually have is that we have this whole system that's not at all a secret. It's just that a lot of people just don't know about it because there's a veil between us and, and the media that we interact with. But there's whole systems in place of uh, lobby groups, uh, political groups, basically anyone with an agenda and money, okay? Think of those people. And all they have to do is they would then send money towards uh, a Hollywood production company, and they would say, hey, if, if you put in the script for this next blockbuster, if you put in the script this thing, and it's in line with our values, then, then we're going to pay you a lot of money. And by the way, if you're a Hollywood executive, you're hearing this and you're saying, yes, please, all right? Because for them, it's a way that they're able to fund and green light these projects. If you wonder where funding comes from, a lot of it comes from these outside sources. And so the point of this is just simply to say this, that we got to recognize that sometimes the things that we see, sometimes the things that we interact with are not an accident. They are there intentional, and they are there to shape our values. So that's the first way. The second way is to cause unrealistic expectations. So one of the things that I do here is I lead uh, junior high and high school ministry. And a few years ago, we had uh, this couple that was in our youth group. 
And now they were considered to be a long-term couple in our high school ministry. And the reason that they were uh, long-term was because they were dating longer than like three weeks, all right? So, so this is like, I mean, they're all in like three months. And everyone was like, oh my word, three months, you know, high school. But here's the thing, was that when they said when they first started dating, it, it was all the feels. Everything felt good. They called each other all the time. They wanted to be with each other. And, and they had all this electrifying feeling. But then they said, you know, as time went on, it's just kind of ordinary. It's just kind of mundane and to the point where, where they said, you know what, it's just, it's just not like the movies. And, and that's, that's right. It's exactly right. In fact, uh, if anyone has been dating longer than three weeks or married more than three weeks knows that that's, that's just true, all right? That, that not everything has to be the romantic comedy. Not everything has to be the way this electrifying feeling is. But the point is that whenever we engage with media, we see the world that's being projected and given to us, and we say that's how life should be when it's just, it's just not true. The third way here is to numb our sensitivity towards suffering. Numb our sensitivity towards suffering. So a friend and I were watching TV a few years ago, and I remember this. We were watching, and the commercial came on, and it showed these children in a third world country malnourished, and they were starving, and they didn't have fresh, clean water. And they said this. They said, you know, and there was a voiceover on the commercial, and it said, for a dollar a day, you can help. And then they later said this, for the price of a cup of coffee a day, you could help. And my friend and I, with our jaws down, puzzled look, looks at each other and say, where in the world can you get a cup of coffee for a dollar? I mean, Starbucks is $1.75, QT is now $1.10. Where in the world can you even, the point is this, that we, are so desensitized, we're so numb that we see, the first time you saw that, it probably, it probably did something to your heart. But the second time you watch it, the third time, the hundredth time, we just, eh, we see children suffering, eh, it's no big deal. Uh, we see violence on TV, eh, yeah, it's no big deal. I mean, it should, it should, we should, we should look at that and say, okay, that's, that's pretty disturbing, and for us, we're just so, we're just so numb. The other way is that it reduces our resistance to sin. And what I mean by this is that sin is wildly glorified in, 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 every, in everything, between movies, TV shows, uh, Facebook, and so forth. And, and it's funny because if you watch a movie, you don't, you don't ever see like a happy, um, normal, married couple and, and they're glorifying that. No, it's always that they glorify the affair. It's always that they glorify the party scene. They glorify the drug use. And, and none of it has any consequences in, in, these, in these films. Isn't it wild that, that I mean, because it would be better if at least they showed the consequences that really happened, but they don't. There's just no consequences. People live these careless lives, and it's glorified. And as a result, we look at that and say, well, that's the world that I want to live in. So it reduces our resistance to sin. So what I'm going to propose this morning is this, is that if, if we don't get in control, then media is going to shape us. And as Jesus said, that the eye is a lamp to our body. It is, it's, going to, it's going to affect our relationships. It's going to affect our hearts. It's going to affect the way that we raise our children, the way that we see the world. And so because of that, I'm going to put you guys back in the driver's seat, all right? Three things. The first one is select. Select what you're going to engage with. 
So what I mean by this is, is for you to take ownership and take the initiative in choosing what you're going to watch and choosing what you're going to interact with. Because how many times can you just turn on the TV and just flip, 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 and you're just passively allowing whatever to come at you. And it's whenever you do that that that's when you get in trouble because you're just, at that point, there's no filter. There's no anything. It's just everything is coming at you. Selection not only applies to TV, but also as well it applies to social media. What I mean by that is this is that, you know, you can choose your friends on Facebook. I mean, you absolutely can, all right? You, you can choose what Facebook groups you're going to be a part of. You can choose uh, the people that you Snapchat with, all right? And, and since you get to choose, since you get to make those cognitive decisions, then I'm going to say this, select wisely. Select wisely because now these people, as they're snapping you back or as you're in this Facebook group or whatever, they're going to be bombarding you with messages. They're going to be, you're going to see stuff. You're going to hear stuff. You're going to experience stuff. And so number one, be selective. Get in the driver's seat. Be selective. A few verses here is from Proverbs 15. It says this, a wise man is hungry for truth, but the fool feeds on trash. Isn't that great? Proverbs, by the way, is the contrast between the wise man and the fool. And the wise man, it's always from a spiritual perspective. The wise man the, the godly man is hungry for the truth. The fool feeds on trash. So that's one verse that we have here. Another one, this is from Psalm 119. It says this, it says, keep me from paying attention to what is worthless. And by the way, what a great prayer that is to ask God. God, just, I don't even want to pay attention to it. I mean, protect my eyes. And then we have this third one here, which was our reading from this morning that James had read. And this is from the book of Philippians. And it says this, whatever is true, right, noble, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, then ignore it. No, no. Think about such things. These are the things that we are to have our eyes, to have our minds on. Whatever is true. Use this as your measuring stick. Is what you're consuming, is it true, is it noble, is it right, is it pure, lovely, admirable? If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so the first step is to select, put you in the driver's seat. The next one goes along with it, but it's a little bit deeper, and it's this. You need to assess what you see and you hear. Assess what you see or hear. You know, there is such a thing now as fake news. And it's true because there are people who, literally this is their jobs, they're paid, they're trolls, to go onto the internet and to completely make up a story and then to circulate it. And the reason why it has so much steam today for fake news as it did, say, 10 to 20 years ago before social media was that if you were to make up a story and widely circulate it, you had things like the newspaper, you had things like television, and all of those are very slow and costly ways of distributing something. But today, obviously, with social media, you can just simply have uh, you know, someone in like mom's basement, right? And they're just making something up, and then all of a sudden, with the snap of the fingers in 10 minutes, it's, it's a worldwide story. And it has millions and millions of views, and people are sharing it, and they're all talking about it. It's called fake news. And there are people who, who literally just sit there, and they're trolls, and they perpetrate stuff. And so, so that's why I love this verse from Proverbs 14. It says, a fool will believe anything. And it's so true. Can you imagine? Uh, well, is, oh, I know this is true because it's on the internet. I mean, come on, like we all, we all know, except that whenever we see it, 
do we always ask that question? Is this true? Is it true? And, and sometimes it's just easier just because we like, we like the idea of it. And we we kind of want it to be true because it fits our narrative or something. And so we just automatically share it. We automatically tell people about it. But you've got to ask this question, is it, is, is it true? Now, this is the second step for assessment is not just about something that is true or false, but it's also about spirituality. You have to assess that what you're consuming is it bringing you closer to Jesus or is it creating a wedge in your relationship with Jesus? Is what you're doing here, is that proclaiming the kingdom of God? Is that proclaiming the gospel? Or is it instead something that's bringing harm to both your heart, to your relationships, to your mind? And so, so really it is this question you have to ask, is this spiritually healthy? You know, it's amazing. I, I talked to good Christian people. I mean, people who raise their hand and say to themselves and others that I believe in Jesus. Yes, I do. I believe in Jesus. How about you? And, and they try to follow God with everything. But, but then I, they start telling me about some of the stuff that they watch or, or that they interact with. And I just say to myself, man, that's some, that's some pretty explicit stuff there. And, and yeah, but it has a great storyline. Oh, okay. Well, oh, okay. Well, you know, if it has a great storyline, then, then obviously it's not going to affect you at all. No, it still will. First Thessalonians says this, test everything, hold on to what is good and avoid every kind of evil. Test everything. Is this spiritually healthy? And as well, to, to, if it's not, call it what it is. Call it evil. If it's evil, call it evil. So then the third thing to do, we have select, assess, and now we have turn off is our third thing. Turn it off. <laughs> I mean, you, you know you can do that, right? You, you can. You can walk out of a movie. And by the way, they'll also give you your money back if you ask politely. I know. All right. But it's a little secret. Yeah, you can walk out. It's okay. It's okay. You can get some money. Um, also, you can turn off your phone. You, can, you don't have to finish that episode or that season on Netflix. You can get out of that social media group. You can unfriend someone. I mean, there's been times in my life where where I've just decided, you know what, I'm tired of this person. I'll just unfriend them. I certainly will. And, and sometimes that's a very healthy thing to do. Walk out. Turn it off. Proverbs says this, stop listening to teaching that contradicts what you know is right. And, and isn't that so true? Just, just, just stop. Turn it off if you know, if it contradicts what you know is right. You know, as well as we talk about this area of unplugging, as we talk about this area of turning it off, we as well have to recognize the evils of one of the big um, channels of the media out there right now, which is pornography. And we have to just acknowledge them. There's a website called Fight the New Drug, and here's some of the statistics that, that they share. Is that Studies have found that frequency of, porn uses, oh, frequency of porn use correlates with, get this, depression, anxiety, stress, and social problems. It's not healthy. Meta-analysis of 33 studies found that exposure to either nonviolent or violent porn increased violent assaults. And then the Department of Justice and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children both recognize that pornography is an element that adds to the serious problem of sex trafficking. So what to do? Simple. Turn it off. And there's as well, I've talked about this uh, one other time up here, but, but there is as well apps that you can get that both filter and monitor, and there's some that do both, and I like those a lot. Uh, Covenant Eyes, for example, is one of them. And if you invest in something like that, I say invest, it's like 12 bucks a month. I mean, 
not really a huge investment, right? But, but if you were to do something like that, then not only would it protect you, it could protect your family, protect your kids, as well, um, and then it, as well it prevents from anyone who happens to stumble upon it, which is one of the main reasons that people first see this kind of stuff. And so, so really it is this thing of, you know what, is to raise your hand and say, you know what, I'm willing to turn it off. And not only are you willing to turn it off, but the last thing I'm going to give you is this, is that raise your hand, let's make a vow, I will set my eyes before no vile thing. No vile thing. And, and so really, I want to leave you guys with this right here, is, is just to actually make this kind of commitment. Because it's so easy just to passively allow media and the th- connections, the interactions that we have to, to come into our lives. And, and we've got to make a vow. I will set my eyes before no vile thing. And then as well, we have to think of media like this. It's not, it's not all bad. In fact, the way that I see media is media is actually kind of a, it's kind of a neutral, amoral thing. And what I mean by that is it just comes from this Latin word, media, medium, meaning uh, a way of communicating something, a path. And, and so if, if we think of it like this, a, a brick is able to build something up, but it's also able to destroy and similarly to that, media can, can do a lot of damage. It certainly can. But it can also do a lot of really great things. In fact, one of my big passions in life, and the reason that we've done a media ministry here at St. Mark is because I believe that if you're going to communicate anything, let's communicate Jesus, right? And so, so my heart and passion is to use media for the kingdom of God and for sharing the gospel, and, and what a powerful thing it is that if you're sharing something that's not just cat pictures, all right, on Facebook, but if you're like sharing things about Jesus that could actually help people, resources that could actually help people, it, it, there's so many out there. It's amazing. You could be driving, you can listen to a podcast. Uh, we're going to upload this through audio onto our website. And my hope is that someone, except for outside of my mom, will actually listen to it, okay? And, and as well, eventually, we're going to have video capability in here because we want to share that message, the good news of Jesus, with the world. And you can too. You can help with that. You can go on to Facebook. You can share these things. You can also use uh, social media as a way of, of giving people the hope of Jesus. And i got to tell you this about, um, about the message of Jesus, is that if we had to boil it down to a nutshell... It's all about grace, forgiveness, and new beginnings. I don't know if you're anything like me, but as I'm up here talking about this stuff, I mean, it definitely hits pretty home for me as well, where, where I look at this and say, man, there's times that, that I haven't guarded my heart the way that I should have. There's times that, that I've engaged with something, and I've seen something that I should have just walked out from that theater, but I didn't. And so I got to tell you this, is that what we do is that we go to God with forgiveness. And we go to him with contrite hearts and, and say, God, you know what? We're, we're sorry for, for these things, for allowing these things to affect our lives and our relationships. And God, we're sorry. We ask for your forgiveness. And the, the great thing about Jesus is that he promises that if you go to him with, with a humble and contrite heart, that he will forgive you and he'll give you this new beginning, this fresh start. And all God's people said, amen. And let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come together here on this Super Bowl Sunday and, and we're talking about, well, this area of media and about how it's so powerfully influential. And so, Lord, the first thing is just to recognize that, 
just to recognize that it can absolutely affect us. But outside of that, about how we can use it for your kingdom. We can use it for your glory. And so, Lord, we pray that, that as we uh, head out of here and we, we go into Super Bowl parties and then uh, to work and to school, pray, Lord, that we can, we can recognize these things, that we need to select, assess, and then eventually turn off. And all this we pray. Amen.